The Mayfly is up and the excitement is palpable. Wherever you are in Ireland, the lakes and rivers are soon to be hatching with Mayfly soon. And to help you improve your catch rate this season, we've used a Mayfly Tactics Masterclass with international angler, guide and renowned tire, Jackie Mann. If you want to learn about setup, tactics, conditions and flies, then head over to www.irelandonthefly.com forward slash masterclass where you can find out all the details to access the recording and Jackie's notes. If you want to catch that difficult fish or try out new tactics, then this masterclass is for you. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. For this week's episode, I catch up with two prominent and successful anglers in the south of the country to find out how their 2020 season went. Jason Nash is based on the Bandon with occasional forays for bass, while James Barry fishes the Copper Coast with salmon fishing also on the shore. They are both also fishery scientists and are immersed in fly fishing with hugely successful catches throughout the year. But reading the conditions, timing it right and putting in the hours are all important as they explained to me. And I started by asking James whether his preference was for bass or salmon. I suppose I grew up uh, on the River Shore. Trout and salmon were, were what I did. Uh, I kind of moved, I suppose, migrated to the coast uh, in my early 20s. Came a bit bass obsessed. Uh, it was all kind of light lower stuff to start. Uh, then we got into throwing flies at bass, and yeah. So, so when it comes to a preference, I don't, I don't really have one. I kind of, I kind of mix them as best I can. And um, salmon fishing can drive the best of us mad at times. So it's always nice to be able to take, uh, take a trip to the coast to kind of decompress, catch some fish, and then maybe go back to the salmon again. But I tend to mix it up. It's, it's usually either bass or salmon, but. Uh, yeah, I love both of them. I think as well, speaking to more and more salmon anglers, they seem to be migrating to the coast during the summer to to get to have a better chance of bending the rod, would you say? Yeah, it's funny it's funny you say that. When I suppose my first uh, my first trip to the coast came back oh, nearly 20 years ago now, I suppose. But I was fishing on the shore and it was a very quiet September. And this is when we were allowed to spin and worm fish. And and even even on those methods, it was it was just really, really slow. And uh, I remember I got a gifted a sea fishing book and there was a mention of bass fishing on the south coast of Ireland in particular. And I kind of grabbed my attention and started reading a bit more about it. And, you know, I read that these bass are, you know, great, great fun on the, on lure rods and bait rods. So I actually went and explored that. And that's how I got into the into the bass fishing. Basically, the, the salmon fishing was really slow. So I went out and to see what we could find on the coast and and that's how the i suppose the the story with bass kind of started for me anyway it was kind of you know slow fishing on the river brought me to the coast so i suppose it can can do that for for people you know and do you base it then according to the conditions for where you're going to go fishing yeah you try to we try to mix as much as as best we can um i mean we're we're heavily dictated by water levels on the shore um from from the middle of august we had like two or three big floods on the back of those um, storms that came through, and uh, we we just couldn't we just couldn't get to the river because it was it was just too high. So we were kind of constantly keeping an eye on the water levels um, to get first get back down to kind of fly fishable level. So in the meantime, while most other fly fishers were off the river, there were some nice tides for the bass. So we just you know shifted to the coast and, and put our attention there. So 
there's always there's always something to be doing. But yeah, we tend to we tend to mix and match between them, and we keep an eye on the on the spring tides and bits and pieces like that. But of course, the spring tides can help the, the salmon fishing as well. And and how long will you keep fishing in the southeast for James? Yeah, so I, I often say that October, November are my two of my favourite months, particularly on the Copper Coast. Uh, the rock fishing can really can really light up at that time of the year. If we get kind of settled, calm spells of of weather, the the bait fish will will move right up onto the rocks. We get a lot of herring sprat and things like that along the south coast uh, this time of the year. So I mean, the fishing can be electric when when you get yourself into the right place at the right time. But that's the that's the name of the game when it comes to bass fishing. And it's just you know you cover ground. You're trying to look for any sort of signs to find the fish and uh, when you do it really really can be electric this time of the year and as everyone knows this is when the, the bigger fish do tend to to turn up on our coast and you'd still be catching in november yeah we caught them we caught them right up into uh, the christmas holidays last year no way so yeah we were we were taking you know breaks in between of of running down to some of the kind of the estuary marks where you'll you'll still find you'll still find fish right up until christmas if you have the mild kind of settled weather, the, the fish will be there. And I mean, some of the kind of tagging studies have shown that the bass will actually stay resident in some of our estuaries and, and kind of saltwater lagoons over over winter. So you, you always have a chance when it's, when it's bass. And does it have to stay mild, James? Can, it, can, it can get quite cold. You know, there'll be mornings there where we're scraping frost off the, off the windows and we're going out to go bass fishing on the rocks. So, you know, if it's... Uh, it's more from kind of an angler's point of view of of how pleasant it is to fish. Uh, the 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 fish will be okay. They'll they'll kind of mosey about, and you know if the temperature is uh, drops, the fish fish will just slow down moving. But you'll just uh, it'll be just a matter of trying to cover cover the water to to find them. You know, and, and that's more likely than at that time of the year. That's when you, when you get the lunkers, isn't it? Yeah, generally generally speaking, it's when it's when you see the bigger fish turn up. Like I mean. Already, I've heard reports come in in the last week or so of kind of multiple fish over over the seventy centimeter mark, and quite a few fish over the the magic seventy five centimeter. So that's kind of ten pound plus, which is uh, which is great to see. So as as the salmon season finishes, uh, pots are already firmly fixed onto the coast of of where we're going to go and try to try to get some bass. And, and would you take both the fly and lure rod with you? Like, how do you determine what you're going to go with? Yeah, good question. I so I started. I suppose I started bait fishing. Then I got into the lure fishing, and then in my kind of early twenties, there was a, an explosion in kind of light lure fishing for bass. Um, it seemed like everybody was doing it, and we kind of, uh, I suppose, to a certain extent, jumped on that bandwagon. We lure fished morning, noon, and night. You know, it was your early twenties where you have nothing but time, really. And we 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 made the most of that, and we. We fished uh, all along the Copper Coast. We we ventured to Cork. We ventured to Wexford, and uh, you know you really get to you really get to learn a mark by by lure fishing. You know you get to learn when the fish turn up, uh, what time and tides and things like that. You cover so much more water with uh, with the lure rod, and I suppose if you're starting, it's a great way to get to get to know your venue when the fish might turn up. Um, I suppose from the lure fishing we were you know we were catching good numbers of fish and i was always aware that fly fishing was was there you know it was it was a thing that people people did for uh, bass and i suppose my background was fly fishing for trout and salmon on the shore so you know um i ended up picking up a fly rod and, and giving it a go and 
and I knew, I suppose, from my lure fishing that uh, we had kind of good rock marks, which were, you know, close. Uh, the bass moved in quite close, so there were good kind of opportunity to target them on the fly. And that's where it started with the, it kind of started me bringing a, a fly rod with me when I was lure fishing uh, to now I currently <laughs> bring two fly rods and no lure rod. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things now, I, the more I caught on the fly, the more I wanted to catch on the fly and it's now kind of taken over a bit. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a fly into all sorts of weather at the moment. But if, if, if the wind does get up, you know, it's sometimes just not practical to, to throw a fly. And if the guys are going out of work, you know, if, if the, the wind is up, I'll, I'll happily, happily throw a, throw a lure to a bass nowadays. It's still great fun. No, definitely, definitely. That's good advice for people to, to cover more water with the lure rod. But I suppose with your experience and knowledge of the conditions where you fish, you're confident then in bringing the fly rod when you go out. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we, we have um, kind of locations and, and rock marks where we know if we were standing on rocks and, and the fish don't turn up within the first hour of the head, then it's highly unlikely there it's going to happen on that rock mark at that particular tide, you know, for whatever reason, the fish just might have moved offshore. Um, but we have it. We have it pretty dialed on some of the some of the rock marks of when these when these fish will turn up. And I mean, it's great when it, when it all comes together. But again, you know, they're still fishing at the end of the day. So there's a lot of times where they where they don't turn up and they don't play ball. But yeah, definitely a, a lower fishing rod will you know increase that learning curve so so much and uh, a lot. You know, it's funny. I find I much prefer to bring the fly rod now with me. Uh, my chances of catching might be lower, but I do find I sometimes switch off and I'm go- just going through the motions when I'm spinning whereas I'd much rather be casting with a fly rod and, and I'm much more tuned into what I'm doing then yeah absolutely I'm, I'm 100% agreement with you there I think uh, from a fly fishing perspective it just fully engages you because you you got you know when it comes to even line management or making sure your 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 retrieve is okay your your running line's going into the strip and basket uh, there's waves coming you're trying to control the fly line you know that sort of stuff you can get it you can get away to a certain degree with that with the uh, with your lure fishing but i mean if you're not if you're not switched on when you're when you're throwing <laughs> throwing a clouser over your head and you know that's that's one way to make sure you're fully engaged and doing something you know when there's there's this kind of uh, lead lead eyed fly going past your ear but yeah no it's 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 a great way of great way of catching them we were talking about the frustrations of fishing but do you also think though like the danger with social media great as it is that the, there's a danger of people only seeing the good days and, and, and not recognizing or and not recognizing or realizing that there are many blank days to it as well yeah oh absolutely the the dreaded social media because you you there's no shortage of if you go onto Instagram or Facebook, you'll you'll scroll through your feed and and someone someone in there will have a picture of a of a big bass or a big salmon that you're convincing yourself you're doing something wrong. But absolutely, I you know I I I always post when we're when we're out fishing and you know if it's if it's a slow day, I'll I'll happily throw a picture of of one of the guys casting or or a sunset picture or a sun sunrise picture, you know. Uh, just to just to show it's not all it's not all about catching the fish and, and posting those big uh, glory shots and gripping grins, but you know I know that my feed <laughs> might have a lot of uh, fish pictures at the moment. That's purely just the result of the, the good fishing. But uh, yeah, and for even more experienced anglers and guys, there are the blank days, and, and we all have to put in the hard yards. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, for example, the last well, four times I've been bass fishing, um, I think there was three blanks. You know, so. 
there's there's always that sort of stuff. And I mean, we were we were on a trip to West Cork for four days. I think it was uh, on the last set of good tides. And, uh, you know, you go on to social media, probably think we had a great trip. But in, in all honesty, we fished 15 hour days. You know, there was really mainly kind of the odd scooty here and there. There was fish caught. But, you know, it was it was tough. You know, you still have to put in the errors and cover the water and, and try our best to, to find the fish. Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, I'm also joined now by Jason Nash from the Bandon River. And Jason, it seems to have been a better season than in years gone by. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's many different reasons as to, or many different theories would say as to why there was a better run this year. Um, thankfully, on the band, we enjoyed a, a better run for sure. Um, now, I suppose a lot of it is down to better marine survival. Um, I mean, the quantity of fish was there, but also the, the quality of the fish was, um, it was excellent altogether uh, and compared to other seasons there now. Um, a lot of the grills, they were kind of averaging five to seven pounds. Um, which is really, really nice to see. Um, we had a very, very good run in July. August was also very good, uh, with fresh fish coming in on a consistent basis. Uh, unfortunately, June, it was hard to assess because a lot of people were still kind of getting back into fishing after the lockdown and COVID. Uh, so it was a little bit harder to assess in the earlier months. Um, but July and August, uh, I think a lot of fishermen we're very, very happy with the returns into the river. And thankfully, the conditions for fishing were also perfect for the vast majority of it. We had very, very good water levels uh, in comparison to the last couple of years when it would have been faced with a drought more often than not. So that all contributed to, to better returns and better better fishing as well. well. What's the best time of year for runs on the Bandon? The last, last few seasons now... Um, May and June can be very, very good for late running spring fish or earlier summer salmon. And that's the time of year when you can expect to, to get the better quality of fish. Um, July numbers wise would be the best month. Um, August can be as well, but just for fresh fish. Um, July, you've got a guaranteed good run of um, fresh fish in July. It begins to taper off after the first or second week of August. Um, September then you'll still catch salmon but a lot of them will be stale a lot of them will be in the river for quite some time and that seems to be a kind of common theme really nationwide and over the UK as well it's just the, the back end run that we used to enjoy uh, 10 years ago um, it really has dwindled to nothing um, you're, nearly, you're nearly as likely to get a fresh fish now in February or March as you are in, in, in September it's just really has got down to that level it's hard to kind of fathom sometimes when you think back to the, the days in 2010 when you used to have a, a very, very strong run of fresh fish in September and even going to October, November, and that just isn't the, the, the case anymore. Is it cyclical, do you think? Yeah, I think it is. Um, like When you think back to 2009, 2010, and the, and the Bandon at least, this was all river specific, but on the Bandon at least, we used to have a, there used to be a huge run um, in September, October, November. And it, it only got stronger and stronger coming up to 2009, 2010. And then it really just seemed to flip. Uh, it just seemed to turn around and we just didn't get those quantities of fish coming in anymore. Um, but it really, it really happened very fast. It didn't just, um, numbers didn't do it in little um, slow. It didn't reduce slowly. It just really seemed to flick like a switch and it was just, that was it. And it, it seemed to happen um nationwide and over in the UK as well but we we have seen marginally 
better spring runs in, in the later spring, I'm talking now about April um, and May. Um, yet to be seen summer times how how much the run has improved it's kind of it's steady i would say um some years you, you'll have a little less of a run other years like this year now it's uh you've got a better run um but it, it there's nothing too dramatic in the decline it seems to be more uh it's it's steady you know just steady runs at the moment thankfully jason tell us how was the season on the river shore yeah so the shore this year was um, it was an interesting season given given all the circumstances. I mean, our our spring fishing never really got up and running uh, due to you know just not being able to get to the river. So um, we were kind of May and June by the time we we got onto uh, onto fish and the fishing was okay at the start. It was actually actually looking back, it was it was quite slow this year at the at the beginning and the in the opening months. And then the fish began to appear in July and August, pretty similar to to what Jason saw in the Bandon. And then um, September, which is in the past few years, has usually been a quieter month for us on the uh, section river where I fish downstream. It uh, it was actually quite good. Uh, you know, we we had really nice favourable water levels, and uh, the back end fishing which we had was was really nice and consistent. And I mean, some of these autumn salmon that we got were you know really impressive. Uh, with our big kites, which was uh, which was really cool and, and good fishing, yeah. Uh, on what stretch of the shore are you fishing? It's down by Carrick and Shore, is it? Uh, that's it, yeah. So my my local club that I that I fish on is the Carrick and Shore Angling Club. Yeah, so we have uh, we have about two or, or I suppose we're at two or three kilometers above the head of tide. Nice kind of classic pool, riffle, glide type water. Um, pretty much every inch of it is fly fishable. Uh, it's it's quite a large river, I suppose, in places maybe thirty to fifty meter meters wide in places, and uh, nice deep pockets of water. And yeah, so we're we're kind of heavily dictated by by water levels and kind of fly fishable levels to get in and, and actually fish. Yeah, I find this the sure it's a fascinating river um, from the salmon to to the incredible trout population in it, and and it can also be quite a challenging river as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I probably ignore the trout more than I should. You know, there's some absolutely fantastic trout fishing to be had, especially on our on our lower reaches. And I see some some serious quality trout caught quite regularly by by the locals there. But I, I suppose we get to a certain extent we get the salmon blinkers on and salmon salmon fever sets in, and and uh, all we tend to do is is kind of swing flies. But from a, I suppose a technical point of view, the, the fishing can can get yeah quite tricky. You know, it's it's quite a large river, so you're you're using kind of big big rods throwing you know uh, 500 grain lines, and you have to sometimes taper out long leaders and uh, to try to adapt to the to the low water and very clear water at times. As as you know, the shore can can be. Uh, are most of the salmon caught downstream of Clonmel? That's your best chance of a fish on the river. Yeah, I suppose maybe maybe something I, I I probably only hear locally from from the guys that that fish in Clonmel down, but I I generally only hear of the fishing uh, on the Clonmel club waters and downstream uh, of kind of good good salmon fishing. Now I'm sure there is places upstream where you'll you'll still get uh, your good salmon fishing. I'm sure in Care and and Golden and places like that, but I'm I'm sure it's probably far more patchy than it was back in back in the day. And what's the best fish that's been caught in the beach that you fish, James? Oh, I've I've heard of um, multiple twenty pound plus fish. Um, I think the biggest that I've heard of on the club this year has probably been mid twenties. 
Um, and then I think there was that fish that was reported uh, not too long ago in the angling updates of, you know, just up around, you know, high 20s that was called, you know, so the shore, you know, it has that reputation for big fish. And I suppose it, it definitely lived up to it this year. And some of the quality of the fish that I saw landed on the club and uh, heard of landed on the club where I fish was, you know, just outstanding. It's really is world class at times when you hear some of the, the weights report of the fish, you know. So is the, is the shore worth targeting at the back end of the season, do you think? Yeah, I suppose it. I suppose it would be yeah, the you know a lot of the I suppose all our September fish this year were mainly you know coloured coloured fish, but there was there were some fantastic uh, specimen salmon caught there, and uh, I think the shore along with with some of the those other kind of big fish rivers that you you'd hear of like the Boyne and the the Slaney would be certainly kind of those uh, those areas you'd want to go if you were if you were chasing that big one. Jason, what size of fish were caught in the band in this year? This year, there wasn't so many big fish. Um, usually, we do have one or two 20-pound fish caught. Um, this year now, I think the biggest I would have heard of would be 16, 17 pounds. Um, so, we had some double-figure fish on, right? But in the main, it was mostly uh, grills uh, averaging 5, 7 pounds, which were in great condition. Um, but there was nothing There was nothing huge caught this year, and there, was not, there weren't too many big, big fish caught. Um, now, some of that might be down to the fact that a lot of the bigger fish will run later spring, very early summer, when guys weren't fishing as much due to COVID and things. Um, but yeah, no, there was there was nothing there was nothing massive reported this year, unfortunately. But, yeah. And with the band and where it is, do you get a mix of tourists fishing in the river, or is it just mainly locals? Yeah, there's a like there's a good mix. We'll say Band and Angling Association here now. We'd have over two hundred and fifty members, um, and we do. We do have day and evening permits available for anybody who wants to go trout and salmon fishing. Um, we're lucky in that a lot of the river, it's, it's very picturesque, um, especially west of Bandon, uh, very unspoiled. And it is within a good distance of, you know, your major other towns for tourism like Kinsale, Clonakilty, close enough to Cork City as well, it's only 20 minutes away. Um, and we're lucky enough that we have eight miles of double bank fishing. Um, and we do still get quite a few tourists coming over and they you know they just take their day ticket out or evening tickets um some of them we guide as well um and it is nice to to just have that balance in that you know the fishing is is preserved for members but we do have a an allocation of permits as well um for visitors that they can come along and enjoy it and the fact that there's no beats as such um you're kind of really free to go where you like really um to fish um people like that a lot where you can just you know would say for instance you can go up to the desert bridge which would be our uppermost beat at the start of the day and you you can, you can fish around there and then you can work your way back towards bandon fishing down around baxter's bridge um and there's a really nice diversity of fishing that, um in all those areas so there's something kind of really that will attract a lot of a bit a big range of fishermen uh really whether it be they're fishing for salmon or for trout, you know. Uh, are you like James, where you, you head off to the coast looking for a bass when you can then? Yes. Um, now, not as much so as James, but say, for instance, only, only, only about two weeks ago now, I'd say, it was the first time I actually went for a, a bass now this year. And the reason being is just because uh, the conditions in the river, um, it was just hard to turn your back on. Um, water levels were just conducive to, to good fishing. Um, Barren September now, but July and August, it was just perfect. Um 
now in the previous summers, all right, when the river is down to its bones and you, you just know that the fishing isn't going to be good. Um, the bass fishing is a it's just an excellent um option. I mean we're again we're spoiled down here with the coastline that we have around Port McSherry, Kinsale, further west at Clonakilty, Ross Carberry. Um there's there's just so much ground there and so much potential um for lure fishing for bass and fly fishing as well. Um it really is a, a nice alternative. And I think this year it's been a great opportunity for people to get outdoors more and appreciate nature with, you know, fishing as part of that. And I'd be hoping we'll see a knock-on effect for, for 2021. Would you be the same, Jason? Definitely. Um, we've seen guys there now um, getting back into fishing this year. Um, that wouldn't have been in the club for a while. They, you know, they've, they've had more time with everything that's going on and they really, um, their passion for fishing is, is, has come back. Um, and they're actually, you know, uh, if they've got sons or daughters as well, they, they've been coming fishing. Um, and it, it's just great to see that added participation. So, you know, every every cloud has a silver lining and it's nice to see that extra presence on the river and that extra um, enthusiasm. Um, because, you know, we'll say from a, a juvenile angling perspective, when it comes to game fishing, it's not it's not easy um, to encourage them at the moment with the with the way fishing I just you know transpired over the last number of years in, in the game angling world um and this, a situation like this has you know it has there's adoptions become available for people to be able to go out uh fishing in a, in, a, in a safe unclouded environment um and and enjoy the enjoy the landscape and enjoy nature like that um and like you know for all of us we we try our best not to ever take it for granted um but cer- but certainly you know when you when you are doing it on a regular basis uh you you, you you're just are liable to forget that um but as as things have happened lately now it just makes you kind of more hungry for it and more appreciative of uh of what you have um so like we really are very very lucky and uh, what about yourself james yeah i suppose i'm kind of echoing what, what jason's just said there it's been been fantastic I, i've i've heard from two or three people now that there's been a significant kind of increase in the in the um, amount of people like actively looking to get back into fly fishing and and some some I suppose reconnecting with the sport. You know, people that are involved in the in the tackle industries and, and things like that. So that was actually you know fantastic to hear. Um, and I suppose you know if we're going to draw any positives from the the pandemic is maybe people have have taken a step back and and realised you know how nice and uh, how valuable the resources we have on our doorstep are, you know, and make the most of them, you know, because it's amazing fishery that we have around here. No, 100%. And we should all try and get out more when we can. And hopefully things will return to some kind of normal in 2021. James and Jason, many thanks for joining me on the show. I'm hoping I'll be able to join you on the river next year with a mic and a fly around at hand. So we'll see how that goes. And James, if people want to follow you on Instagram, your handle is Riffle to Reef. That's, that's the one, yeah. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook and all those places. So yeah, just fire me a message. And Jason, then you're Jason underscore Nash underscore fishing. Yeah, that's the one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, best of luck, lads, with whatever fishing you get to do in the remaining weeks. And hopefully we'll chat again next year. Thank you very much, Dar. Looking forward Thanks, to it. Thanks, Dar. My thanks to James Barry and Jason Nash for joining me on the show. Certainly two fly anglers to keep you inspired on your off days. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Ireland Fly Podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date on IrelandFly.com as well as on Instagram and I'll be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.
The Mayfly is up and the excitement is palpable. Wherever you are in Ireland, the lakes and rivers are soon to be hatching with Mayfly soon. And to help you improve your catch rate this season, we've used a Mayfly Tactics Masterclass with international angler, guide and renowned tire, Jackie Mahan. If you want to learn about setup, tactics, conditions and flies, then head over to www.irelandonthefly.com forward slash masterclass where you can find out all the details to access the recording and Jackie's notes. If you want to catch that difficult fish or try out new tactics, then this masterclass is for you.